Hi there. Can I get a table for one, please? Oh, just you? Nobody's going to be joining you? Nope. It's just, just me. Okay. I think we have something for you. I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello there, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the only podcast in the world dedicated to plant based cookbooks and learning more about the authors who wrote those cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder, and my sweet potato of a husband, I'm sad to say, is not here with me this week. We have been struck with COVID in this house, and David and I have been living in separate. <laughs> compartments of the home. I have COVID. He has COVID. Uh, but we are surviving. We're grateful for science and that we are able to start to see our way through to the other side of this. We are, you know, vaccinated and boosted and all that, and we still got it. Uh, but again, like I said, there is a light at the end of the tunnel for us. We're on like day six and um, starting to see improvements, but we have had symptoms they have been pretty intense at times. Um, you might hear me taking deep breaths as I read this intro here. This is my second time trying to go about it here. I should clarify this by saying we've been in the same room. Of, we both have COVID. We're in the same house. But we are, um, you know, social distancing and all that. Our, our symptoms uh, are about two days delayed from each other. So we're just being as cautious as we can. But that being said, David's not on, not because we're not in the same room, but because he literally has uh, issues speaking right now. He can only get small sentences out at a time. Um, and that's where I was a couple of days ago. So um, I think happy, positive thoughts for us. I miss him like crazy, um, but we're, uh, we're doing our best here. Uh, so I'm just going to take it one step at a time. I'm really excited about our guest today. It's Chad Sarno uh, of, you know, Wicked Healthy Foods or, or Wicked Food Kitchen, rather, and the Wicked Healthy Cookbook and Good Catch Foods. He's just awesome. I've really loved this guy for a long time. And um, I, I was in this interview, you'll find out I, I, I realized for the first time that Wicked Food uh, items are available in all Kroger's and lots of sprouts. So I went and got myself some while well, I had some delivered. In the last few days, and I um, got to enjoy the orange pumpkin pesto sauce, and I also had, it's like a smoky, dreamy, creamy mac and cheese, I think, that's uh, almost like a cup of noodles. You put hot water in there, it warms up. So uh, it, and it was really great for me to have some foods of convenience. I also did a uh, shiitake ramen broth uh, just before I came in here to record that was available from Wicked Foods. So really cool stuff that's available everywhere. Uh, the price is comparable to traditional uh, ready-made foods and the nutritional values are com values are values are comparable. So for people out there thinking you still can't go vegan, listen, there's a will, there's a way. There's no way not to be vegan these days. Everything is available that you could possibly want. It's it's bananas to me. And this man has gone above and beyond to make sure it's as easy and accessible for everyone. So let me tell you more about Chad Sarno. Chad Sarno is the co-founder of Wicked Healthy, a thriving, mission-driven online community that focuses on culinary education, consulting, innovation, training, and product development for manufacturers, retailers, and food service outlets. Chad is also the co-founder and VP of culinary for the plant-based seafood company, Good Catch Foods, which offers a line of seafood without sacrifice, now available in stores. Chad formerly held the position of VP at Plant-Based Education at Ruby Online Culinary School, the world's largest online culinary school, and launched the first accredited plant-based culinary courses online. Internationally, Chad has launched a boutique plant-based restaurant brand throughout Europe in Istanbul, London, and Munich, and has consulted on restaurant launches globally. Chad's mission of health-inspired plant-based eating and education has reached all corners of the globe. Speaking of that globe, Chad joined the global team at Whole Foods Market as the company's global R&D chef and culinary media spokesperson for the Whole Foods Healthy Eating Program. Chad's celebrated recipes have also allowed him to publish, together with his brother Derek, uh, I should mention that, and we do in the interview, of course, but the book, The Wicked Healthy Cookbook that we're going to talk about today was co-written by uh, Chad's brother Derek Sarno and David Joachim. So 
Uh, he has co-wrote that this book with his brother, and uh, also the Whole Foods Cookbook. He has served as contributing author to more than 10 health-related books, including New York Times bestselling The Conscious Cook and co-author of the best-selling Crazy Sexy Kitchen with Chris Carr. I actually, that was one of my first cookbooks in my vegan cookbook collection when I was looking at the whole food plant-based side of it all. It's a, it's a fantastic addition to any uh, cookbook collection. That's the Crazy Sexy Kitchen with Chris Carr. You'll see Chad and Chris are both on the cover of it. Over the years, he has been a guest on dozens of morning shows and food-focused programs on national and international television and radio. Chad has been featured and quoted in numerous media outlets ranging from CNN, NBC, Bloomberg, The New York Times, and The Guardian, and has been contributing author for publications such as Veg News, Men's Health, Self, Shape, and Prevention Magazine. I have been a super fan of Chad's and of this book, The Wicked Healthy Cookbook, ever since it came out in 2018. If you haven't seen it, look it up. The cover is so fetching, I must say. It is a a really cool photo uh, of a meat cleaver essentially being held over some beets with basically beet juice everywhere and a tatted arm holding it. It's just cool, y'all. It's just cool. And uh, let's get into it. Why not? Here he is to talk about the Wicked Healthy Cookbook. It's Chad Sarno. Please welcome to Keep On Cooking, a seasoned plant pusher. He's got the good catch on Wicked Healthy Foods. It's Chad Sarno. Thanks for being here. Hey, Dustin. How are you, man? I'm doing very, very well. Let's get into your icebreaker question. What is a song recently, or one that maybe always, something a song that's stuck in your head often or recently stuck in your head? Oh, that's a hard one. I got kids, so I got I got li- I got little kids, and I don't even want to say it out loud to the parents <laughs> listening because it'll get stuck in their head as well. But um, yeah, I mean, more of an adult song, I would say "Blackbird." I like "Blackbird." All right. "Blackbird's a Blackbird's a great song." I've been singing that to my little boys as I go to sleep. So. Well, I actually thought of you having kids when this was the question I put down because the song that's been stuck in my head recently, and it's not like from, don't say it. Don't <laughs> I'm not going to say it because I don't, I don't know what it is, so I'm, okay. I'm nervous. Okay. Uh, but right. mine is from um, uh, the Cinderella. It's on Disney Plus, but the Cinderella with Whitney Houston, the song "Impossible" that her and Brandy sing. It's been stuck in my head constantly recently i don't i don't know that one i don't know well that one, when so. you decide to uh you know <laughs> show your kids cinderella it's on disney plus and that too will get stuck in your head you're very welcome uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks i need more well hey excellent yeah you're welcome before we dive into the book can you give people a little uh history on yourself where you grew up and at what point cooking became part of your life and then how veganism came into play there yeah certainly man so i um yeah, I grew up in New England. Uh, I grew up in a big Italian family. Um, food was always center of every conversation, every gathering. Um, I had really bad asthma growing up. I started to dabble into the connections between what you eat and your health at a young age. So late my in my late teenage years, I stopped eating dairy products and you know ended up getting rid of my asthma pretty quickly. So got off all my inhalers, um, all of that. Um, I was very much a, a child of not being okay with authority. So I didn't like, uh, I didn't like the fact that, um, I had gone, I had had this medical crutch, this health crutch, and I was going to all these doctors and nobody told me a friggin' thing about it in that connection. Sure. And so I kind of, and so I kind of got a little pissed off after I started to heal myself from asthma, something that I was crippled with for, for many years. Um, and just the simplicity of stopping to eat dairy products, uh, you know, made it go away. And so it made, it fueled my, that anger fueled my passion to dive deeper. And I dove into all the information I could at the time. This is a long, long while ago. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what kind of put me on the path of, plant-based um I, w- I didn't eat a lot of meat growing up i ate a lot of seafood growing up that's would explain good catch which we'll get into um i'm sure but we have uh you know i i didn't have a lot of uh animal products growing up besides dairy products um and uh and seafood so stopping stopping to eat dairy products really put me on that path of diving deeper and then i learned about veganism and got into animal rights and and then uh, the rest is history. So, did your family get on board with you during the process of it, or was that sort of a slow progression? Yeah, no, nobody was on board at all. I, <laughs> I, I, I was, uh, 
yeah, for years I, I was, I mean, I've been vegan over 20 years and for those early years, no, I was looked at as, oh, Chad's just confused. He doesn't know what, <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. And, and so I traveled, I traveled. And so I also was, you know, very much, uh, I was on the road and so I was traveling and I was sort of carving, carving my own path. Didn't really need anybody to tell me what was right and wrong. I needed to figure it out myself through experience. And, and um, yeah, during that time, everybody just uh, disregarded it as, oh yeah, it's just Chad preaching, you know, um, he's radical and thoughts are radical, all of that. So, you know, fast forward 20 years now I'm in business with my brother my mom's right. been for years and, you know, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's very different now, but in the early days it was, it was a struggle, but I also, I was also one of those real loud vegans when I started, I think most people, when they start to embrace, start seeing what's behind the curtain, you know, it's hard right. not to preach it because mm-hmm. you're so excited and you're kind of blown away by all this yeah. information. So, so yeah, I was that guy for a while and I was, I was definitely an animal rights uh, activist for, for quite some time. And, and that shifted to putting my energy towards, towards food and, you know, activism just through what I, what I cook and what I serve people. So yeah, I was going to say a whole, a whole, uh, still activism, just a, a different, uh, brand of it with food there. And speaking <laughs> of brand, brands, you have two brands, uh, wicked kitchen and good catch foods. Can you tell listeners a little bit about both? Yeah, certainly. So we started good catch, uh, about four years ago. Uh, good. We, we saw, you know, growing up in New England, um, you know, we, we were very close to the, to seafood. And so, um, you know, that's always been on my mind as I stopped eating animal products and, you know, trying to find alternatives and there really isn't any or wasn't any. Um, and so we looked at the white space. We work with a number of amazing investors that are impact investors that really put their, put their money towards uh, disrupting animal agriculture. So we were looking at where the white space is and we saw it as seafood, as plant-based seafood. And um, we defined it with uh, Unovis and, uh, um, um, and good food and suit, uh, new crop capital, all those guys, we defined it as what's going to have the greatest impact within that space. And it would be fin fish. So fin fish, as we know, tuna fisheries and commercial tuna fisheries are some of the most destructive to our oceans. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so we, we looked at the great, what was going to have the greatest impact and it was really focusing on fin fish. So we started out with tuna. We ended up getting some great investment from, uh, those early days built their own factory to manufacture the product. We just launched food service. We launched our frozen line. Uh, we have, you know, fish, fish burgers, crab cakes, uh, tuna for food service. And then we also just launched our breaded line, which is breaded filet, breaded crab cake, fish sticks, all of that. And we have some cool innovation coming out in the year ahead. Um, so that's cranking. We're in, we're in about 10,000 doors, 10,000 different awesome. stores globally, three continents. We've, we've, uh, we've been definitely, definitely growing quite quickly around that company and, and certainly making our mark in the, in the plant-based seafood world. So, so that's that. The other side of it is Wiki Kitchen. This is my, my brother and I, my brother has been leading this charge over, um, in the UK. So around the same time that we started Good Catch, Tesco had approached, had approached us in around licensing our brand, which was Wicked Healthy at the time. Um, and so Derek went over there, my brother went over there and joined Tesco, which is one of the largest retailers, um, especially over in the UK and, and launched a vegan ready to eat meal line. We launched that, uh, four plus years ago, we launched 20 products out of the gate with Tesco and doing that as the, you know, as for such a big retailer, they really put their stake in the ground of, you know, they're going to be the leaders when it comes to innovation and plant-based in Europe and, and that they did. And, and fast forward, uh, you know, a couple months after that, you know, other retailers were trying to catch up and launching 10 items, 15 items. By that time, we doubled the line um, and, you know, move ahead four and a half years now. We have over 140 products in store under our brand in Tesco um, and about, you know, yeah, 1,500 to 1,800 stores over there. And then we just set it up as a... Uh, as a global play started wicked kitchen uh global and have an amazing team behind us and we just launched in the u.s we launched uh nationally in kroger and in sprouts with 26 different items so what um, yeah so i I, I didn't know if you knew that so no i didn't know that so is that is that available now or when is it going to be available and it is it is we launched in july Ah. we launched uh we launched we launched 22 or 21 products in 
2,200 Kroger's uh, nationally, um, all the Kroger banners. So, um, so those are all shelf stable. So you can find us in the international aisle uh, uh, of Kroger currently. Um, and it's all shelf stable products. So we have sauces, we have pestos, we have um, meal cups, we have, you know, we have meal kits, we have mushroom shreds um, that are in different, um, different sauces, just kind of ready to eat. Um, and then with sprouts, we launched similar products if you know a lot of overlap there with shelf stable but we also launched four meats um four plant-based meats so we have chorizo meatball uh, jalapeno cheddar burger and um and these little brats which are these little sausages that are so good um and then we also launched four frozen meals so just throw in the microwave uh all whole food base two of them are in partnership with beyond meat uh that have been successful in the uk and yeah. And then uh, that's just the start. And we're kind of looking at that same model that we used with Tesco for our retailer partnerships um, over here and just kind of going deep with, with different retailers and offering multiple categories. So Kroger's options will expand quite quickly in the coming six to eight months, which uh, so keep your eye on that. And uh, same thing with Sprouts. So super yeah. exciting to have it stateside, you know? That is so exciting. Congratulations on not just the success of it, but the expansion of it. It keeps growing. That's so cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, we're, we're I mean, at the end of the day, Dustin, it's just a matter of every meal served is a meal without animals. And that's, we're doing it because, you know, we care, man. We care yeah. about, we care about animals. We, you know, being able to stand up for the voiceless with delicious food is absolutely necessary. And uh, you got to lead with taste. And if it tastes like, tastes like shit then (laughs) you're not going to grow you know and so being able to lead with uh with taste and with experience is what we're all about for for both brands so that's fantastic and everyone i've had good catch food so delicious and now i'm so excited to try some stuff from uh wicked kitchen now listen do you remember your very first vegan cookbook that you ever owned (laughs) oh that i ever owned yeah um yes i do the farm the farm cookbook that dates me that that is it is still to date one of the best cookbooks that's ever been produced it's called it's called the farm cookbook and it's like when i started getting into veganism 20 odd years ago i mean it's a book that was put out in the 70s and it was from the farm down in tennessee it's, it's is it the one that's got like a rainbow sort of cover <laughs> totally okay. totally it's got like yeah it's hand drawn everything all the pictures in it are hand drawn it's pretty pretty awesome yeah, you're but not some of the, the first person to give this answer. That's why I said I was like, I feel like someone else said this and they were talking about the cover. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, Bar and Girl fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-host sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby. Yeah, no, it's like one of the, it's one of the best. I mean, the just classic, I mean, it's tofu and tempeh and they do seitan in there, but like classic tofu salad and fried tofu sandwiches and lentil loaves, like all the old school vegan stuff that, you know, wouldn't probably sell well at most restaurants these days, but man, they're that's what turned me on to nutritional ease for the first time sure. using wheat gluten and, you know, the rinsing method of seitan. Like it's, right. it's, it's just such a badass book that uh, the farm and living the good life from Helen and Scott Nearing are two of my favorite all time sort of old school books that really shaped my, shaped my path over the years. Living the good life. That's a new one. I haven't heard about yeah. so I'll have to look it's, that one up. Yeah. It's well. not, it's not a, it's not a cookbook. It's more of a, just living off grid and, but okay. you know, I was I was given those around the same time, and it definitely uh, impacted me greatly. All right. Well, then I'll have to look that other one up as well. And when we're looking at the Wicked Healthy Cookbook, you have two co-authors, one of which is your brother. Give a shout mm-hmm. out to your co-authors and tell us how it was writing a book with your brother as well. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so my brother and I, Derek, uh, Derek and I, we we uh, we work really well together because we we kind of. We have an ocean between us, first of all, but we're, um, <laughs> he, he's based over in the UK, I'm here. Um, but no, it's just where we share that same, we share the same path and, and we lead with compassion with everything that we're doing and all of our projects that we work on. And 
um, it's important to, to keep that in mind, you know, and, and having working with a sibling, I'm only, a lot of people are probably terrified to even go that route. And you hear of these horror stories of getting a family with business, but you know, we, uh, we stay in our lane and I mean, he's kicks ass at what he does and, you know, we both keep each other in check and, you know, you can be, we can be blunt enough with each other that, you know, we keep each other, uh, you know, our egos in check, which is important, you know, um, uh, between that and, you know, being always reminded of why we're doing what we're doing is, uh, you know, certainly keeps our, ourselves in check. So, um, you know, so we, so being in business with Derek has been amazing. Um, he's, you know, high respect for my brother and as a chef and just as a, as a human and I care a lot about, um, but yeah. Um, and then our other co-author is, uh, uh, David Joachim, he, uh, he is now with Wicked, which is amazing on a full-time basis. He's our, um, he does all the writing and all of our editorial work, but he is an incredible cookbook author. He's written over 50 cookbooks. Wow. Um, and so he basically wrote our book. He wrote almost the entire book. Um, um, we did the recipes, obviously sure. we, we created the recipes and all that, but he, uh, you know, it was like a three-year process, man, that, that he would interview both Derek and I together and separately every week for, you know, year and a half, two years. Wow. And, and, you know, questions would build on questions and build on questions. And he just, <laughs> he got, he got it. He got our, he got our tone, right. And, you know, the, the way we speak, correct. And he, he wrote it and he just, he's, he's a badass writer. And um, that's great. Yeah. So I love it. I love it. Well, and it, it definitely, it, it is a, a labor of love. You can tell in this book, uh, <laughs> the wicked healthy cookbook free from animals starts off with a bang with a forward from the talented Woody Harrelson in which he states, this whole book is basically the blueprint for treating yourself, right? Enjoying everything you eat and having a positive impact on the world around you. I can't think of a better endorsement than that. This moves into an introduction about eating wicked healthy. And then also a section on fundamentals, of what to stock your pantry up with to uh, cook with success. This book is very educational from the ground up. It's more than just a collection of recipes. Uh, to me, it, it really creates an accessible foundation for the home cook. Was this sort of your intention going in or did that sort of form as you were writing it? Were, were you really, could, you know, some people slap a bunch of recipes in a book, call it a day. And this one, I mean, really from the get-go, you're really educating people on how to create a, a full plate for people. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, just, just as much as anybody, how much labor of love goes into a book, you know, I mean, the amount that, that we put into to publishing this, uh, this manuscript definitely is years of work and hard work. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I mean, from, from early on when we were writing an original treatment, what, what it would look like is, uh, we wanted something that was going to be a, um, sort of a timeless resource with plant-based and, our philosophy and both of us at this time, this book comes out of our, our roles at whole foods market. So I, I led the health eating program from an education standpoint. And so I was doing all the public facing work and working with different doctors and physicians and translating this very strict, rigid diet to the public. And my brother was the one that was translating it behind the scenes to prepared foods and all that. And it was so complicated and it was so confusing for a lot of consumers around um, how strict those guidelines were with that program that, you know, Wicked Healthy was basically born from our frustration around that job. Um, and so it's mostly around a no brainer, common sense approach to cooking vegetables, you know, and we wanted to kind of collect all of our, all of our thoughts and all the techniques that we learned over the years and, and compile them into a, into a book, knowing that there's more books to come. Uh, but we wanted one that was sort of our foundation, you know, kind of something that would live, live far longer than just some recipes. So. Yeah, you certainly give uh, the no-brainer approach while you're also keeping it uh, lighthearted and fun, and some might even say sexy, as the photos throughout the book have a dark, moody vibe to them. The whole book is a vibe, including the basic notion that healthy food doesn't have to taste like shit, as you've already said, mm -hmm. urging home cooks to take it easy on processed sugars, salts, and fats, and instead to hit all of the flavor buttons. Uh, the notion of this with sugar, salts, and fats, have you always been in this mindset, or is this something that has grown over time in your progression working with food? Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, it's something that I've been, I mean, I've been an educator for years when it comes to culinary education and, 
you know, around the same time that we're writing this, I was working at Ruby, which is an online culinary school in developing their plant-based certification course, the 200 hour course, which uh, is still rocking um, six months to complete kind of thing online. And, you know, before that, ever since I actually went vegan, I wanted to teach to anybody that would listen. I mean, some <laughs> of it, some people wanted to, I wanted to preach, I would say to anybody that listened, but um, I kind of, you know, evolve that to a curriculum based and education and, you know, offering, um, you know, public education when I was at Whole Foods and then getting into Ruby. And, and at the end of the day, it's, if you, if you do not know the basics, it's, it's hard to adopt a new diet and new lifestyle and, and foundational cooking methods are basically, they give you, they put you in the driver's seat of your own health and of your own choices. You know, so many people can look at a recipe and, you know, 10 people can translate a recipe totally differently based on mm. their knowledge of what saute means or what does blanche mean? What is, what are those key indicators to get caramelization? Like what are the, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, uh, everybody would translate it differently. And, you know, um, and so, you know, arming people with the foundational cooking methods really puts them in that driver's seat of not only their own health, but the enjoyment of cooking, man. So, so, you know, we've broken it down to, you know, building flavor and what balances flavor um, and those foundational cooking methods um, uh, within the book. And so it's, yeah, I mean, we've been in that mindset for, for a while, but I think it's, it was, it was through a lot of trial and error of like teaching classes that I wanted to teach opposed to what people needed to learn. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, Cause I would constantly want to teach these classes what excited me of like a new recipe or a new technique and, you know, it's cool. And there's only so many times people can make that recipe or use that technique, but it's once you start to teaching those foundations, then it's a lot longer lasting, you know, and it, it makes a lot more of an impact with people's cooking in general. So, so keeping, uh, looking at recipes as a formula, and we talk about that in the book, looking at recipes as a formula and really focusing on, on those core foundation cooking techniques, um, really helps anybody be a better cook, you know? So. Well, you do hit major points in the introduction, including creating appealing textures, using techniques together and making the food look good. And also offering, which I love. One of the things I love in this book is offering the plating how to's and the recipes. Uh, and this first chapter is first bites with nibbles, toast, dips, spreads, and plates and shareable appetizers. I have post-its on the grilled sweet potato, sriracha and kale toast and toasted onion, sour cream, and also the smoky poutine. What is a, favorite of yours out of the first bites chapter dumplings without a doubt that's my uh my go-to is dumplings with whenever i do uh whenever i do an event um you know I, I just did some catering this past weekend over in la and whenever i do an event high profile event or just casual home event you know dinner party or something there's always a dumpling of some sort of stuffed pasta on the menu you know stuffed pasta is one of those one of those dishes that sort of that it's a common thread in so many different cultures and being able to have a handheld bite that is paired with a filling, a wrapper of sort, whether it be pasta, whether it be rice, you know, whether it be flour, um, you know, and then pairing it with a sauce or a broth. I mean, you're working, you're touching on so many different levels of, of, uh, of culinary experience from the, taste balance to the texture to the the combination of the heat and the cold the the uh the levels of spice and the additions of you know all sorts of you know toppers that you want to do and you know it for me dumplings are dumplings are everything <laughs> I love, i'm a huge dumpling fanatic and and being able to you know serve those little bites and at any party is is a good Good and you've opinion. got a couple in this this chapter. You've got a smoked tofu dumplings with spinach, dates, and uh, black vinaigrette, and also corn dumplings and coconut corn broth. Broth. So they both sound out of this world. I'll have to put post its on those pages as well. Yeah, the, yeah, the corn dumplings. I would say that's the one I just did at this. Uh, we just catered Paris Hilton's wedding. <laughs> we were, did the reception uh, for oh, that. Oh, I have to give you a little. And, that's, um, that's hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, geez. yeah I've, I've, so many people sent me those memes. <laughs> I, I can only doing. imagine. I can only um, imagine. So, so yeah, it was that was one of the favorites. Is that corn dumpling at that at that uh, at that reception, which was pretty cool. So, oh, I bet. 
Went, o- went over went over well, I can only imagine. We move into handhelds next. Uh, always a favorite chapter of mine because eating with your hands is the best. And with a myriad of pizzas, tacos, burgers, and sandwiches to choose from, I know I can throw a wicked party with recipes from this chapter. Is there a taco or a burger that sticks out as a crowd pleaser from the handhelds chapter for you? Uh, it's a labor of love, but the Reuben man, is, uh, is the best. That's, uh, it's homemade homemade uh, pastrami there. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, that's my favorite in that chapter. That's, yeah. So you get the corn dumplings in the first chapter. You get that Reuben with homemade uh, pastrami and the seitan pastrami in there and uh, loaded up with fried onions and, you know, a thousand island and, you know, some vegan cheese, sauerkraut. It's so good. Yeah, I love a Reuben. I got to tell you, when I was on the road with the vegan roadie, uh, vegan roadie filming at different restaurants, everybody would be like, you have to try our Reuben, everybody. But this one, this one looks superior. It's the kick-ass plant-based Reuben on dark rye. And I'm looking at the pizzas in here as well. I'm going to invest myself in the pizza section. They got You got a sourdough starter, and then I'll move on from that. You got a margarita pizza, breakfast pizza with Peruvian potatoes, truffle cream and rosemary, and green forest pizza. But I'm also... Looking at this grilled almond butter chocolate and raspberry sandwich. I'm going to say it again for you listeners. Grilled almond butter chocolate and raspberry sandwich. It sounds too good to pass up. That's a, that's a good one. That's good. That's one for the kids. Right exactly. Oh. Exactly. And I'm always a kid at heart, so I'm here for it. Uh, the Bulls <laughs> chapter is next. Is there a bowl from here you might recommend to our listeners who just picked up the book? They're looking for something to make. What's a bowl they can turn to right away? Yeah, one of those recipes in there. I mean, this goes back to uh, um, some of my travels. I, I was over in the Philippines for years, and I worked with some incredible Thai chefs and Filipino chefs. And one of the dishes in there is a banana blossom with coconut chili. And it's one of those rare sort of ingredients that you'll see at an Asian market. Most Asian markets carry it. And it's uh, it's basically the banana flower, and they, they eat it uh, in a number of different applications in, in different parts of the world. But this is uh, it's very similar to like a pulled pork dish um, in terms of texture, um, but it's basically the banana flour and you shave it thin, you rinse it under some salt water, take out the bitterness like you would for a lot of eggplant dishes. And then you uh, cook it up with uh, some ginger shallots and chili and, um, you know, some coconut cream in there. And it's so good in like a sort of a boon style with vermicelli noodles, cucumbers, shaved lettuce, that kind of thing. It is so good. You got to try that one. I was going to say, it sounds so good. And we have to mention the stir fried Pharaoh faucet because Derek mentions in this <laughs> recipe header that when he thinks of Pharaoh, he thinks of his high school crush, Pharaoh faucet. And then there's a little <laughs> scribble note from you saying, just shows you how wicked old Derek is. And um, there's fun little quippy notes throughout the book like this and also quotes from notable figures peppered throughout the book, which it just makes it a very fun read beyond your standard cookbook. It's a nice personal personal touch. It seems y'all really had fun writing this yeah definitely did definitely did it's it's, yeah it's been uh we were trying to see how we could sneak in a lot of those taking jabs at each other (laughs) throughout the book so a little a little brotherly love so it came it came across all in fun uh also in the bowls are some soups i've come back to the potato and cauliflower bisque a couple times what's a notable soup for you from here uh the soups let me see on the soup so the soups i mean the the chilies are good the the chili is really good. That's super simple chili. Um, that four bean sweet potato chili is, uh, is sort of my go-to when it, you know, when the colder months. And I mean, today I was just thinking that I was going to make something similar just because in Austin for the first time, you know, eight months, it's, you know, below 70 or right. around 70. So I'm like, Oh, it's, it's freezing. <laughs> so like I got to make something. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So chili, a, a one pot chili is always my, my go-to here. For good reason. And uh, we uh, have a really nice two-page spread that closes out the Bulls chapter uh, for an oatmeal bar, essentially. You have suggestions for different oatmeal so that your oatmeal game never has to get dull, listeners. I'm going to try the vanilla ginger with peaches, dates, coconut, pecans, and mint. Sounds so good. The next chapter is straight-up vegetables. Cauliflower ribs starts this chapter off. Can you tell the listeners about the cauliflower ribs? Yeah, so it's basically just taking cauliflower florets, you know, most people just cut off the stock, but, you know, making them a, a lot longer so you can uh, you can handle them on the grill, tossing them in a barbecue sauce, sweet, spicy, whatever, smoky, whatever you want, throwing them on the grill, you know, and it's one of our, you know, in the summer, I'll always throw 
throw broccoli and cauliflower in the grill and it's just it's great to just dig into totally messy get some paper towels out messy but so delicious and so easy great way to use vegetables and uh one of the photos i love so much in this book among many because the photos are are really next level in here it's the sweet potato gratin with crispy onions and rosemary please tell us about this it looks like layers of like delicious decadence in this photo yeah so we use a wicked healthy cheese sauce which we um you know we use some butternut squash in and um you know for that cheesiness along with some vegan cheese but um, yeah, sweet potatoes, uh, thinly sliced, layer with that vegan cheese. And it's just, it's all about the layers, you know, any kind of, just like any kind of good gratin. Um, and then top it off with fried onions. You know, you can't beat it baked and it's a great side, especially on the holidays. This is a, it's a great side for, for Thanksgiving. That's great. And uh, a favorite of mine in here, I actually have made this for a private client, is the roasted beet salad with citrus, tarragon, cashew cream. So easy to make. The presentation so beautiful with the vibrant red beets, the microgreens, and the bread crisp for that additional crunchy texture. Just a lovely dish from eyes to belly. Uh, I've also made the plant-based egg. When I when I first got this book, I was, I was like, I was like, what is this? I, what this is, I need to make this right away. It accompanies the Niswa salad. Can you tell our listeners about the plant-based egg? Totally. It's a totally weird uh, item in the book. And it's, uh, you know, you'll, you're, you'll see, this is more of one of those chefy recipes. I mean, we have, uh, this is definitely, the Niswas is probably one of the most complicated Niswas out there, but it's, uh, um, yeah, I mean, we use, we use agar, um, you know, we use agar with it and the agar is, is, um, it really gels the, gels the, uh, the soy milk, um, basically to make the white. And then we use some, uh, uh, some potato flakes and nutritional yeast and some red palm oil and all that for the center. Um, there's a lot of products like this coming on market right now, which is really interesting because we put this out what three, maybe when was the book put out four years ago? Yeah, it's been and that and that and now we're seeing some vegan eggs come to market, which is really cool because you know we thought we were we thought we were ahead of things and uh, yeah, so it's good it's good to see some products coming to market that are very similar. I just got one passed on that that is that is whole eggs uh similar to this uh that are about to hit retail which is really interesting so wow i mean it just keeps going keeps growing and hey you guys were ahead you put it in the book and that was several years ago <laughs> so look at that uh we get to the heart of it with a comfort food chapter what is your all-time favorite comfort recipe from this book chad uh, the pasta i mean i'm a pasta fanatic and yes. doing some working with fresh pasta is uh is is my one of my loves um i'll get the kids involved with it and you know it got to the point where when i was doing a lot of recipe development around this book my daughter who um you know she's 16 now but i've been you know doing recipe development for this for years and and we would uh I would tell her that we were having pasta and she'd be like, please, can we make dry pasta? <laughs> because it would take, she, she knew she wouldn't have dinner for like two hours. So the process um, of it, that's funny. Yeah. The, the process of it is, is key, but it's, you know, if you have not made fresh pasta without eggs, um, you know, you can certainly do so. If the eggs are used for the functionality of the pasta, making it a little more pliable. Um, but really just using a, a fat and a protein is all the functionality that the egg brings. And, we uh we swap that out for uh for silken tofu and uh-huh. and some some fat in there. You can use olive oil, palm oil. We use just for the color. But um yeah, this is uh one of my one of my dear friends and chef colleagues over the years, Tal Run and his Crossroads. This is his sort of signature signature pasta that I've that we've adopted and we we published in the book. So to highlight it. That's great. And also, listeners, if you haven't made pasta from scratch, just go for it. It's uh, it's a game changer. It really elevates your pasta dishes. And in this book, you can use the pasta dough for the porcini ravioli. Uh, is that what? What other recipes can you use it on in this book? Uh, well, in this in this book in particular, I mean, you could do the the porcini, but um, we have a ton of recipes. Um, we also have a video on our on our YouTube channel. We have nice. uh, Wick, Wicked Healthy YouTube channel. We have the video of pasta making there. And then we also do a fresh lasagna in there, which uses the fresh pasta sheets. Um, I mean, doing manicotti, any kind of stuffed pasta, this fresh pasta is amazing. So if I'm doing something like a cacio pepe or any kind of like spaghetti and red sauce, I'll, I'll choose dry pasta over that for spaghetti, but tagliatelle or something like that, that's a thicker noodle or stuffed pasta. I would, I would go for fresh. 
Well, speaking of spaghetti, you've got uh, spaghetti with Nana's red sauce in here. Uh, it's it's your Nana's red sauce, so it's special on that alone. Is there a secret ingredient or anything ingredient or anything that makes it extra special? No, this is something. I mean, we grew up in a big Italian home, and so um, you would go to my Nana's at at any time of day, man, and and you would see a pot of sauce on the stove, and mm-hmm. and she would. Uh, I would say that the that really the the signature flavor with that sauce is there's there's some um just red peppers um a little bit of red peppers when you're cooking the onion and garlic and you're cooking it down to where you're almost melting them um um so that's uh that's kind of a signature sort of back note flavor um almost like a um 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 uh cacciatore almost flavor um that it brings because cacciatore is usually with um, you know, sausages and meatballs and peppers and onions and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it definitely has that sort of note with the, with the, with the red sauce. I love it. And next up, we've got, uh, sweets with nature's candy, the nature's candy chapter with items like grilled peaches with vanilla spice gelato and mango, mango, sriracha, caramel, drunken berries with amaretto gelato, almond meringue cookies and Meyer lemon cheesecake with grilled peaches and lavender syrup. What is a sweet for you that had to make it into the pages of this book? Um, I would say that um, this one, it isn't the most beautiful, but the, the kabocha tart is something I make every holiday. I mean, we're creeping nice. up in about a week. I'll be making this again. And yeah, and and having that squash filling, I mean, you can do this with butternut squash, you can do it with pumpkin, but having kabocha squash there, um, you know, the starchiness and natural sweetness of that, um, you know, mixed with some coconut milk, it's just, it sets really well, um, you know, and so we, what we'll do is rather than I'll make this and then I'll just kind of scoop it out and put it on some, um, some of that almond crumble, um, like a salty, sweet, spicy sort of almond crumble, finish it with a super rich espresso syrup. It's just, it's an awesome, uh, really great holiday dessert. So good. Uh, listeners, that's the kabocha, kabocha tart with salted almond crumble and espresso syrup. So good. And we, we wrap things up with my favorite. Oh, actually, we've still got the wicked healthy juices and cocktails section. So one more chapter before the final chapter. What is a juice you make on the regular from this chapter? And then what's a, a cocktail you love to enjoy with family and friends from here? Yeah, I love, I mean, just a straight up green juice, that that uh, cucumber, celery, green apple kale mm-hmm. is, is, is a staple uh, that we like to push with our, our kids and also, um, you know, just, it just makes it feel good juice for sure. So I've really um, found the love of celery juice in my, uh, as I, as I've gotten older, I really do love celery juice. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, it's so detoxing too. You know, my mm-hmm. wife does, uh, my wife usually does celery juice. I would say every other morning she would do celery juice and it's really detoxing, good for the skin, all that good stuff. So, um, in terms of cocktails, so we have another brother, Darren, who, uh, he's based in Hawaii. Um, he came in for the shoot. He's mixologist and just a genius around, uh, around infusions. And so, um, you know, with past restaurants, I've had, I've had bars that really focused on, uh, infusions when it comes to infusing different spirits with fresh herbs and spices and dried fruits and all that. And so we really highlight that in the, in the cocktail section here. So I would say that out of all of these, uh, what I did most recently, I mean, I, I, the Sazerac is amazing just because I, I love a good whiskey drink, but, um, you know, infusing that Sazerac with star anise and fresh vanilla bean is, uh, is, is definitely a, a delicious, delicious, uh, cocktail right there. Also the stubborn, we call it the stubborn ass, but it's, uh, it's basically a take on a, on a Moscow mule, but, um, okay. you know, we use, we use, uh, Thai basil infused vodka. We make a fresh lemongrass syrup rather than, um, you know, a, just a straight sugar syrup that they usually use, um, ginger beer, citrus bitters. It's really nice too. All right. Well, this book was a family affair altogether then. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely is. With our Nana's recipe in there, my mom did a lot of testing for a lot of the recipes, oh, a bunch awesome. of the recipes. I, I even call her out. Uh, Mimi's dressing is on one of that's what my okay. kids call my mom, but uh, it's on one of the one of the salads. That's our staple at our house. So, oh, that's great. Well, how many siblings do you have? Uh, two brothers. 
Okay. Two All right. So they both got involved here a little bit. Well, now we're at what is my favorite chapter because it's got sauces. It's the sauce and basics chapter with everything you need from Wicked Healthy Cheese Sauce. Uh, Nana Sarno's red sauce is in here. The dressings, Mimi's dressing you just mentioned, and vinaigrettes and salsas like creamy jalapeno, heirloom tomato, corn salsa, and even a carrot habanero citrus hot sauce. Everybody, my goodness, listen to that. Is there something from this chapter you keep on hand? In your refrigerator for quick use or a favorite go-to in here? Yeah, Mimi's. I always have a jar of Mimi's dressing because it's the only way that my kids are going to eat salad is with that dressing. So <laughs> it's uh, it's super simple. It's just an emulsion with some olive oil, some lemon juice, a little bit of vegan mayo, a little bit of garlic, black pepper, salt. Shake it up in a jar. Super simple and and awesome on greens. Really, really good. Great go-to. Ah, super easy, super delicious. I love it. Well, that is the Wicked Healthy Cookbook, free from animals. Thanks for giving us a behind-the-scenes look, Chad. Are you ready for your rapid-fire round of questions? Let's do it. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Number one, favorite pasta shape? Rounds. Food on a skewer or a tiny spoon? Definitely a skewer. Most used tool in the kitchen? Knife. Hot sauce or barbecue sauce? Hot sauce. First job. Hot sauce all the way. First job <laughs> you ever had? Uh, dishwasher. All right. And favorite <laughs> spice to cook with? Favorite spice to cook with? I would say I would say cayenne. I like. I just like. I like heat. So. And who is the most creative person you know that comes to mind? Quick. Um. I mean, my brother's right up there. My brother, I would say family. I would throw family up there. Yeah. My mom, my brother, my grandma, all of them. All I mean, at this so. point, you better say them or else they're going to be mad if you don't. <laughs> no, I mean, it sounds like they are. What a creative family you're in. Uh, you've cooked for a lot, of, a lot of celebrities, but who's a celebrity you would love to cook for maybe that you haven't cooked for yet? That I haven't yet. Um, that's a good one. Um, so I, so my so a lot of our our work is focused on impact. So so the celebrities that can make probably the greatest impact on the younger generation. I just I just cooked a brunch for Billie Eilish a couple of weeks ago, which nice. was amazing. Um, that was on the list. Um, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, that's a good one to think about. Good one to think about. So. <laughs> but a celebrity that'll make an impact, so I can get on board yeah. with that. Uh, yeah. A show is there a show that you binge watch during quarantine? That a binge watch. Let's see. I just, yeah. Um, I mean, quarantine feels like feels like it's been for years now. Um, Squid Games is pretty good. There you go. <laughs> no, it's just uh, it's definitely not for the whole family, but it's <laughs> it's uh, gets out some inner frustration that people may have during quarantine. I haven't watched it yet. It's very. It's it's a combination of uh, like Hunger Games and and. Uh, a combination of Hunger Games and like a Kill Bill situation. Oh, it's see, not. It's terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll get into it. I know I'll get into it. It's on Netflix, right? It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, what is your most used emoji? Most used emoji. Um, you know what? I don't use emojis a lot. Probably just, probably just like a that that face with the line as a mouth, kind of just like a. <laughs> Just like, a, you know, when I'm not super thrilled yep. with the response. So, yep. Not necessarily neutral, <laughs> a little below neutral is what that is. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Just math. Uh, uh huh. Uh huh. What's your favorite activity with your kids? Camping. I have a van. I have a, I have nice. a, I have an old, I have an old Westy uh, VW van and we're going this, this weekend. I, lo- I love to go as soon as the weather starts cooling off. We go oh, camping. that's great. It. Some lucky kids there. What's a favorite city to visit in terms of the vegan food scene? Uh, New York City is amazing. It's my favorite. Yes, yes, yes. Without Couldn't a agree doubt. More. Could not agree more. Uh, and last, what's an item on your bucket list? An item on my bucket list is to um, spend some time over in Southeast Asia. So. That's great. That's great. Well, let's check it off. Hopefully in the next couple of years, you'll check it off. You did it. Those are your questions. Well done. Chad Sarno, please tell the world where they can find you on social media and also online. Thanks, Dustin. Um, yeah, so goodcatchfoods.com, wickedkitchen.com, uh, and then Instagram, my name, and all that good stuff. So yeah, the, those 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 brands are have a presence on YouTube and all the socials. So 
They sure do, and they're delicious, everybody, so you have to check them out. Everybody, get your copy of this phenomenal cookbook, The Wicked Healthy Cookbook, free from animals. Everywhere books are sold, and of course, be sure to check out Wicked Kitchen Food and also Good Catch Foods. Chad, it was a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you for making the time to be on the podcast today. I appreciate you so much. Thanks so much, Dustin, for having me. Wow, 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 wow. See, I told y'all he's just cool, isn't he? Oh, Chad, thank you so much. I did get the pleasure to meet him in person once upon a time at Natural Expo West, I think it was. And I was in such an awe because I've had such a crush on him, too. I've actually have I have a crush on him and Jason Robel, and they were standing together. We were at a a party that I had actually uh, catered with Field Roast. So I was all nervous. I had done the food and everything for Field Roast. And then... um, it was it was a party hosted by them, and so then I went over and said hi, you know, and I got a picture with both of them. But I was so nervous because they're both so just lovely guys and amazing chefs, and um, it was so cool to meet them both. But that's Chad Sarno, you guys. Today's Dustin's Dish, you know, David would normally ask me about that. I'm going to tell you about Hearts of Palm. So if you haven't used this before, I get the canned Hearts of Palm, and I love to use Hearts of Palm when I'm making anything sort of seafoody. So I'll use it in a lobster roll situation if you have my second book, Epic Vegan. There's a lobster roll in there that has some hearts of palm in it. I'll use it when I make a crab cake situation. Love it, love it. And then recently, uh, we had Tabitha Brown on. That episode's going to be out soon. And she, in her book, she's got some recipes, Feeding the Soul. She's got some recipes where you cook from the spirit. Um, And she used hearts of palm just to make a straight up tuna salad uh, for her sandwich. And I was like, oh, so I tried that and I also loved it. So listen, that Hearts of Palm, which I really didn't get into until I was vegan, uh, really has changed my life and and really comes into play. If you can't get that good catch food uh, by Chad Sarno, which may have Hearts of Palm in it, I don't know. I haven't looked at the ingredients and I I haven't asked Chad, but maybe that has it in. Maybe that's where their secret comes into play there too. But you know, Hearts of Palm with the right seasonings or whatever you need, can make yourself a little crab cake, a lobster roll, or um, what's that last one I just said? Or a tuna salad. Look at you. There you go. Look at look how good you're doing there. Uh, hearts of palm. I love it. Can, drain, slice it up or, or chop it up, whatever you need to do, mix it with some goodies. There you go. We are so happy you could join us today or join me today. Join me and Chad, but not David. Um, please tell everyone you know about the podcast. Uh, I love sharing all these vegan cookbooks with you. So uh, if you're enjoying it, I would love it if you would tell people, uh, please subscribe, rate and review wherever you are choosing to listen to keep on cooking. The reviews really help us out. And in the vein of sort of um, telling people, I would love it if you would do me the favor today and just share this episode with one person if you can. Uh, or if, you, if you're if you on the social media, go on and, and push the link out there and share it to people. Uh, we'd be so grateful. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Fingers crossed, it's me and David. It should be. Uh, but we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, keep on cooking and remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production. Oh, <laughs>